You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Jock to Jock podcast presented by Rock 108 and sponsored by I'm on Communications. Experience the I'm on difference. I'm Brian Marshall. I'll be joined by Tori Taylor, number nine, your punter for the Iowa football team. Next. Three, two, one, and we're on. Today we're talking about I'm on. Yeah, you're on. I know I'm on. I need to talk about I'm on. Yeah, you're on. Why talk about it? No, that's in the script. I'm on. We know you're on. No, Iowa's most reliable internet. I'm on. Yes, you are on. Stay always on. You're on! Stay always on with Iowa's most reliable internet and get same-day or next-day installation guaranteed. I'm on.net. Oh, I'm on.net. Why don't you say so? Welcome to the Jock to Jock podcast here on rock108.com. This one will be the final football episode of the season featuring my guest, Tori Taylor, but I thought we would make it a special episode of Jock to Jock. A special episode in that we welcome Tori's father to the program. Please introduce yourself, sir. Stuart Tyler, Tori's dad. And he thank is, you for having me too, Brian. Absolutely. And thank you for taking time. Uh, Stuart is with us right now. He is in Australia. Tori, how often do you talk to your dad? Oh, probably about, oh, it'd be what, three or four times a week, Dad? Yeah, I'd say, at least. Yep. Yeah, probably, probably three or four times a week. I mean, it, it's kind of like hard because... I'd say like most Sundays, or pretty much every Sunday here, and then, yeah, a couple more times. Talk to my dad more than anyone in terms of like a phone call or anything like that. I don't really chat to too many people via phone back home. Maybe my little brother or my mum or grandparents here or there a fair bit, but yeah, I'd say my dad at least three or four times for sure. That would be right. Stuart, when you have, as your boys are growing up, did you ever imagine that one of them would join a team on American football, joining college, going to America to play as a punter on a football team? Never, never in a million years. Had um, my wife and I had no idea. We we were more um, alluding to the fact that if you choose whatever sport or vocation, as long as you're enjoying yourself, that's the main thing. But um, I must admit, when Tori um, informed us about the whole pro kick program and the possibility of going to the US. We were, hey, you know, it is what it is and you've got to do what you've got to do. And we were more than, uh, more, in, I suppose, encouraging him to do it. Was he a kid that, that grew up playing a lot of sport or was he an individual that had something else in mind? Um, they played a lot of sport, for sure. It was, I suppose, from, our, from a parent's perspective. Um, he and the others were never pushed. Um, in our opinion, anyway, and they did what they wanted to do. And Tory played Australian rules, as as you well know, and um, cricket, basketball. They were the three primary sports, and it was always on a Sunday. We were either off to uh, off to matches and or off to training and doing whatever. So it was um, there's a few trips in the car. There is no question about that. That's one of the things uh, here in Iowa that a lot of parents know about is is having the travel whether it's for, you know, baseball, softball, t-ball, 
uh, getting into soccer, football, as it were, or traveling basketball teams, football teams. That that was happening for you as well. How far would you have to travel for some of these? Um, I've actually become um, a little bit more knowledgeable on that because friends of ours, um, Kate Saffris and, and Steve, the, um, her husband, they are always telling us um, in varying stages of their lives where they are and they travel miles and miles. But for, from our perspective, um, generally the, the sport is um, more community-based, I suppose, and you're very rarely travelling more than, say, 10 or 15 kilometres or 10 miles in your, your talk. Sure. So, Tori, when uh, your dad's coming out to see watch to watch you play a match or or watch you play Australian rules football, is that something where you're trying to make him proud, or or how does that work for you? Not necessarily uh, something that I thought about like growing up or anything like that, because um, like my dad said, they always just said that as long as you're doing something and you're enjoying it, that's the most important thing. But I probably started thinking that way when I joined the same. Um, football club that or team as such uh that my dad used to play for so i would think about that too it was also easy knowing that it didn't really matter how i performed um as long as i gave it my all and as long as as long as i was doing something um i feel like that's what was most important and i'm sure my dad will attest to that was that the boy said always do something you enjoy but you can never just be sitting around being a bum or anything like that so <laughs> i've always kind of i wouldn't say that I slave away at many things or anything like that. But um, I've certainly tried my hand at a lot of different things, um, whether it be sport or life. Uh, it took me a while to kind of find the right thing. And whether this is the right thing, I don't really know. Um, but for now, um, I, I enjoy it. So I, I forgot to uh, to include, Brian, golf was his, uh, was the other sport, the primary sport. And, and soccer. I played a bit of soccer too. Yeah. So, Tori, you had said on one of the earlier podcasts that golf, that there wasn't as many courses in Australia because, I mean, land is at a premium. Is that right? Yeah. Well, so golf, golf now is really starting to gain popularity, especially in that kind of 18 to, to 30-year-old bracket, whereas in the past it always had always kind of been like an older gentleman's game as such. Um, and it wasn't frowned upon or anything like that, but it just wasn't very popular amongst young people. Um, and, but I, I enjoyed playing it. Like my, my grandparents would always take me down there and uh, I'd play and I'd meet a couple other guys down there. And a lot of relationships that I have with people back home now are from golf. Yeah, still have really strong connections to people I grew up playing with. And literally one of my best friends is someone that I probably met yeah, a good 15 years ago at the golf club and we still chat every single day. Stuart, I, this will be one of the couple of times that I put Tori over. He's an individual that when I had a chance to meet him face-to-face was a, a very, very well-mannered individual. Was that something that you instilled upon all of the, uh, all of your children as they were growing up and just making sure that they understood, you know, like, look, when you're out there, you're presenting not only yourself, but your family? That's a, that's a very good question. Um, we, we, I suppose as a family have a little bit of a different views of that. He's, he's probably, uh, his mother is a little bit more stricter than me. Um, but it's it's the old adage that if you uh, treat people the way that you want to be treated, you're halfway home. That's pretty much it. And watch your P's and Q's and yes and please, it it all comes for free. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to say. I feel like manners is always a big thing to me. And if someone doesn't ha- have them, 
it really actually bothers me a lot, like to the point that I'm just like, there's something wrong with this person. But at the same time, you've also got to understand that everyone's different. And the way that some someone operates is, is it, it isn't necessarily their fault. It comes back to how their parents have brought them up. So I'm probably lucky in that regard. But like, like my dad said, it literally, it doesn't cost anything to be nice or um, to be, to be well-mannered. And I feel like it, you're better off being well-mannered than not because it's going to take you further in life. So Stuart, you'd kind of mentioned this earlier when Tori decided to follow the process of going through pro kick. Can you tell me about that from your perspective and what you were seeing him getting himself into? Um, we certainly, we did our homework on it. There was no, no question about that. And Nathan Chapman came to our house to explain, um, the process in macro form. And when this came out of the blue, which it did, we were a little bit apprehensive about um, the possibility of a son going halfway around the world to um, to the US or wherever for that matter. And when Nathan came down, we it was virtually like um, he sat at the end of the table with um, around about six or seven piercing eyes at him um, the only thing that was missing was the bright lights and um, question time. But but he was put um, through the ringer. And once once that was done, we were satisfied that um, wherever Tory may have ended up, whether it be some small technical school in at West US or you know a Big Ten or a an Alabama wherever, it, it didn't matter to us. Um, but once he, I suppose, got got the um, the training started with Pro Kick. We, we didn't see him. He was doing that for, you know, days on end. So it was just a process. Oh, where's Tori? Is that pro kick? Where's Tori? Oh, is that pro kick? And so on and so on. Then all of a sudden, um, you know, here he is. When Tori started to get the idea or had the opportunity to then visit with the Iowa Hawkeyes, now you're start. this becomes more real at that point. Did you or anybody else in your family really know where Iowa was at and what that meant for for Tory? Um, that's a good question. I certainly knew where Iowa was. I wasn't aware of their status, I suppose, in in a Big Ten or in a competition. And from a personal perspective, I I didn't know how big they were. And I must admit, on a first glance, I it just wasn't in. I suppose at the front of my mind thinking that Tory would end up at a place like Iowa mm-hmm. um, because you only know the the bigger schools, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, but once he got there and we started, you know, diving into history, performance, all that sort of stuff, it, it, it made complete sense. And I've said this many times to other people, if I was to choose, not that I've been experienced with other football teams, Iowa is perfect for him as a person. In what way? Um. Iowa is full of, um, I think, Australians in American bodies. Okay. If that makes sense. Now, we, you can only go on um, first impressions. And when we came through back in September via the West Coast, um, we found them a little bit standoffish. And as soon as we got to Iowa, it was like, hey, these guys are like us, you know, friendly, having good fun, bit of banter, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So if I was to pick a place, and, and maybe there's other places like Iowa, it, it seems suited. That's the reason why. Tori, at the same time, and I don't think we've covered this in our discussions prior, when your dad says that Iowa has 
Australians and American bodies. Would you agree with that statement? I mean, you've been here around a little bit longer. What do you think? Uh, yeah, there, there's certain things. Uh, from a political standpoint, I feel like a lot of people in Iowa have quite the similar view of um, Australians. But, yeah, there are some aspects to it. I mean, kind of like I've said before, a lot of American people that come to Australia, no one likes. And I kind of I feel like my dad will agree with that. They're kind of a little bit snobby, whether they're from the West or East Coast. Yeah, they kind of think they're a little bit too good for one another. So it's kind of the wealthier people that, that come out to Australia. Um, so I kind of, I guess, built that image in my mind that, oh, I don't really like American people. This is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But then when I got here, it was the complete opposite. And I think, like my dad said, that is an Australian, uh, it is a, an Iowan thing because uh, I've been um, fortunate enough to go to other places and it's it's really not the same. Interesting. Stuart, he gets the chance. He starts on the Iowa football team, and there's a pretty hefty time difference. Uh, right now, it's already, what, tomorrow, as it relates to us, for you. Mm-hmm. How difficult is it to watch Tory play football when you're not sitting there in the stands? Let's hope that Stacey Moss, Riley Moss's um, auntie's not listening to this, because um, there's been a times I've made a couple of statements, but we, we don't care. It, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean the three, the two o'clock and the three o'clock in the morning ones. Um, they're they're hard to get up to, but you know once you're up and you've got the TV on and um, you know the Hawks are playing, it's you know giddy up as we say. So, w- wouldn't matter. What's uh, what's your drink of choice? What do you like to have when you're watching an Iowa game in Australia? Um, it depends on the time of the day, of course, but generally we'll um, it, it'll be coffee and toast. Because it's it's generally around six o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning, and I would dare not say I'd open a can of beer at that time. Okay. Yeah. What about when we played in the Big Ten Championship game, and I'm getting pictures of you guys drinking beer? Yeah, that's a one-off. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. that was sort of a celebratory drink, so it's like Christmas Day. You know, when you have a champagne at nine o'clock in the morning, perhaps. Tori had said on our Marshall Exchange program on the podcast, he mentioned a beer that is good to have in a pitcher is a VB. Yes, okay. that's true. The coffee he mentioned, he says 7-Eleven is the place to get a coffee. Would you concur on that? <laughs> no, I, I, I totally disagree. Okay. <laughs> and Tori, Tori, in that that regard, I think he's um, only saying 7-Eleven because it's cheap. No, it, no. Get- listen to the, no. Listen here, mate. If you listen to the episode, I said, if someone gave me $5 and said, you can go and get a coffee, I said, I would still choose 7-Eleven because I prefer it more. Yeah, okay. Um, so none of that tight-ass talk bullshit, thanks. Surely that would be on the um, on the back of having the thought that you would get $3 change out of the $5. But anyway, I'm no, just someone, saying. No, someone, someone can keep the $3. I don't care. Right, okay. Um, yeah. th- there you have it, Brian. But I... <laughs> I, I don't agree with the Seven Eleven coffee. I mean, it's it's good for a um, when you don't have an alternative. You go have your almond milk lattes elsewhere, loser. Yes, yes, I do. I drink almond milk lattes. Thank you, Tori. Yeah, it ma- it makes me sick, Brian. Oh, can you? Yeah, can you go down and get me an almond milk latte? But you told oh, me that Melbourne was the best coffee in the world. If an almond milk latte in Melbourne is the place to get it, I mean, I can understand why he might enjoy that. Mm, yeah, I disagree, but that's all right. Okay. Now, a little bit biased. The, the, the coffee um, 
is good here. And the um, the original, I suppose the reason why is back in the middle 50s, um, or certainly after the Olympic Games in 56 in Melbourne, there was a massive influx of immigration from Italy, Greece and others. And the Italians brought their coffee with them and uh, have made it a great place to um, yeah, have a coffee. So with the extra money, Tori, the sausage roll that you had talked about earlier, can you explain? Oh, my dad will attest to this. Dad, how good are sausage rolls? Yeah, they're very good. I, I would envisage that the first person, Australian-American or otherwise, who sets up a meat pie and a sausage roll stand at Kinnick Stadium will be driving away in a Bentley about two months later. In my view, they would be very, very popular. <laughs> and I know that um, Ryan Gasonde totally agrees with that. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe that, that's a, uh, that's an option for someone to uh, be a little bit enterprising because all you need to do is have a um, like a warming oven cabinet and away you go. You'd sell them by the truckload. That's incredible. Well, let's stay on the topic of food real quick. Stuart, what is it about Australian chocolate that is that they, that makes Tori so excited about it? Oh my goodness me. Um I I can't answer that, Brian. I, I it, it's probably a more um a sweeter um and softer chocolate, I suppose the best way to describe it. Okay. Um and I don't eat a lot of chocolate. I didn't haven't eaten a lot of chocolate in, in the States, but if you hold a bit of Australian chocolate in your hand too long, it melts very, very quickly. Okay. And it's made down south in the cold. So let's talk about your trip. You and your family here in 2022 made the trip to Iowa, long trip to get here, but to sit mm-hmm. down and be able to get to Kinnick Stadium for the first time, how much did it mean to you to watch Tori and the Swarm come out of the tunnel at Kinnick Stadium? Unbelievable. It was um, something like we've we've never seen before. And, um, you know, the hype uh, leading up to that was, um, well, we were in awe. We were in complete awe. And when, um, you know, when, when you're looking around in, in the crowd and there's really a, a scattering of the opposition team, mm-hmm. um, that makes it all, you know, I suppose all the more better. We, in, in Melbourne, per se, in, a, in an Australian rules match, it's generally half and half. Okay. And don't get me wrong, they're, they're good atmospheres, but um, to see the the Hawks come out and and knowing that your son's in amongst that, you, know, you see I wear glasses and it's hard to see at the best of times, but that was pretty inspiring. And, it's, and especially having an Australian song that they're walking out to too. I was going to ask you about that with ACDC back in black. Uh, yes. As a native Australian, did that uh, that make even a little bit more going on inside your chest at that yeah, point? It's, um, yeah, it, it was. And, and in fact, um, I had this conversation a little, well, a few times over there. And um, there was some of your fellow countrymen that didn't know that, that ACDC were from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we certainly claim them as ours and justifiably so. The interesting part was, I think it was a very early episode. Tori, I think you started to admit that you didn't know about yeah, it. I, yeah, first. I didn't know until probably, well, I would have been last year when Dad told me I had absolutely no idea. And I think um, Back in Black is the second biggest selling album of all time if I'm next to Thriller. Well, I didn't have any idea, but then it kind of just hit me and really kind of to start make sense that obviously the greatest things and the greatest rock bands 
Um, are obviously going to be from Australia, so it was pretty naive of me not to know that. Yeah, that's a big call. I've heard that the great punters come out of Australia right now. There's quite a few of them that are sitting in college football right now, including yourself. Yeah, uh, something like that. So then you get a chance to watch the game since you were watching him on television, Stuart, with you and your family. Mm-hmm. Now you're experiencing the game live. How does that feel? Uh, similar, different to an Australian rules football match? Completely different. Mm. Um, you're more on top of the the game or the mm-hmm. or the field, closer to the action. You can hear the bumps. You can hear the um, you know the the air going out of um, some of the players' lungs. Um, pretty damn impressive. And I was I was asked a question whilst we're over there about the the difference in in players um, between the two codes. Whilst Maybe the, the AFL footballer is a little bit, uh, I suppose, collectively speaking, a little bit more athletic because there's some big boys in amongst the the American teams. They would make mincemeat out of um, some of our AFL guys. And, and some of the AFL guys are big, but generally speaking, the um, yeah, some, of those, <laughs> some of those guys, when you hear it, um, can do some damage. And Tori said virtually on the first week he's... Uh, he was there and um, they were doing a training drill at the Hawks. And he said, Dad, you've no idea. You need to hear the noise of these body-on-body contacts. Like it's, I said, oh, really? Okay. And then when I went to a game at Kinnick, I actually um, saw what he meant. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy stuff. Did you get a chance to meet any of Tory's teammates while you were in um, the States? Many of them. Really lovely fellows too. Um I met probably what Tori, maybe ten or twelve of them. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, at least. Yep. the most intimidating one at the Hawks training was uh, Jack Campbell. He's a big man, <laughs> lovely man too, very pleasant. But um, I, I suppose when uh, he crosses that white line, he's a different kettle of fish. <laughs> he's got he's got quite a few accolades. Uh, Jack Campbell does coming out of the season, as does Tori. Tori, I wanted to congratulate you on everything that. You know, the postseason awards and some of the accolades that you've received. And one of the things that I saw, and I guess I wanted to bring it up to the both of you, is that Mel Kuyper from ESPN had you as the uh, number one punter on his draft board. And I know you've said to me before, Tori, that that's just one person's opinion. But coming out of the season that you had, what does that mean to you? Um, Oh, I mean, it's obviously pretty special when um, I guess people in important and um, highly powered positions as such within the sport kind of see you as a, I guess, a pretty good player. And, um, yeah, obviously to be number one on his draft board is, uh, it's obviously a pretty cool thing to kind of see him pop up on my Twitter feed and people will kind of tag me in it and whatnot. But yeah, I guess you, you kind of said it as well. And, and I've said it in the past. It's really just one person's opinion. And, uh, when it, when it comes down to it, uh, no disrespect to, um, Mel or anything like that or any of the other guys, but, I really don't think they quite actually really understand the whole um, specialist and um, aspect of football. Uh, Mal might, and and if he does, then that's great. And I mean, like I said, no disrespect to them; um, they've they've got to do that for their job. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of um, like the media guys here. A lot of them just are a bit naive and and have no idea. But to answer your question uh, more directly, it is pretty cool to see that stuff, but. At the end of the day, it's one person's opinion, and uh, I really only value um, those around me um, who I know and, and their opinions. So, does your dad have a draft board? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, no, not really. Uh, it's 
because um, we we don't have the exposure on a day to day basis of um, other teams, other players. Um, it's really hard for us to uh, to judge, other than um, putting uh, on the special teams um, one boy from Melbourne um, at the top of the list. Take one of the things I was very happy to see, Tori, and this is after some conversations that we've had, is not only yourself but some of your other pro kick uh, mates were on the uh, the big draft board as well. And those were guys that I was also like, oh, cool. That's awesome that I see a couple yeah. of Aussies on that particular list too. Yeah, it's always good to see, um, I guess, the Aussie guys doing well. There's obviously quite a few of us over here doing what I'm doing uh, at different schools and different conferences and different levels and things like that. So, yeah, it's always pretty special when you kind of have that common ground with other Aussie guys too. So gentlemen, uh, normally I end with the Marshall Exchange program and I've done a couple of different things where I've read some uh, news stories to Tori. Uh, we've talked about things in Australia. Well, since we have an expert with us in Stuart, Stuart, what are some common misconceptions that Americans have about Australia or some things that I could better be prepared when I make my trip to your wonderful country, what are some things I could know in the Marshall Exchange program today? Oh, we that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I think the spiders and the snakes may be one. Yeah, definitely. And the kangaroos, kangaroos running down the street in Main Street of Melbourne and Sydney—that just does not happen. Right. Um, the uh, <laughs> the the Saffruses are coming to visit us in March. And I am constantly sending um, reels of snakes in backyards that people post over here to Kate, and he's a little bit worried about it. But I have, even though we go camping in the what we call the bush, the Australian bush, I've only ever seen two snakes. I mean, I used to work on a golf course, so I would see them. I'd see one at least every summer. So I've probably seen maybe ten snakes in my life. But the whole idea of them. Being in suburban towns and things like that is just a lot of bullshit, really. It's like they're just taking up residence next to the coffee at 7-Eleven. Is, is yeah, what exactly. Yeah. Yeah, with the spiders. Where are some places that we should go, Stuart? Ah, well, it's, um, it's, it's a vast land, and it ticks most of the boxes for you can go to the tropics, you can go to the desert, you can camp. There's 27,000-odd individual beaches mm. that you could um, visit, and certainly down in Western Australia and even in Victoria where we live, um, the beaches are awesome. So if uh, you're an outdoorsy person, this is the place to come, and um, certainly for for surfing or whatever. It's too much of a loaded question, I'm sorry, Brian, and too, uh, too short a time to answer, but um, I think if... Uh, you need to see it to believe it. Some of the um, some of the places, and you know, you've got um, certainly in the outback in the Western Australia, it is just a beautiful place, like you've not, nothing you've seen before. I appreciate that answer. One of the things that Tori has has mentioned is that you usually start your day with a swim. Is that right? That's right. Yes, ocean swim. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yes, every morning. Rain, hail, or shine generally. Um, although I've been a little bit slack of late because I've been. Um, well, what, what about Han? Han, what about forty-eight hours ago? What do you mean? Oh, it's too windy. It's too windy. We can't go today. We can't go today. Sorry, no, guys. well, that 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 is that is true. But the 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 main reason is we've had a lot a lot of rain here, 
and the the runoff has caused the water to be um, a little bit dirty and murky. And the EPA over here has did advise local swimmers not to swim in the bay. So that's the real oh, reason. And yeah. Tori knows that I go every day, and yeah. he knows that if it's blowing a gale or it's not, I still go. And along with um, you know, heaps of my mates who do it at the same time. I go too when when I'm back in May, Brian. Yeah, and it's. 40, 40, 45 degrees or so, I'm always down there grinding away too. Usually about 100 yards ahead of them. <laughs> Brian, have, Brian, have you um, ever seen the movie Deliverance? Uh, I sure have. Well, there's a particular noise that one of the um, one of the characters makes um, that sounds very similar to Tori when he gets in the water there <laughs> as soon as his toes or his ankles hit it. They'll leave it at that. <laughs> Give it a rest. Corey won't even know what I'm talking about with deliverance, but I'm sure that everyone listening to this would. There is one thing, though, Stuart, that Kate Saffris had mentioned on her last episode, and she had mentioned that the males of the, the Taylor family did not like the cold. Today, it is currently 10 degrees below zero. I'm in three layers right now because we're looking at blizzard conditions. Can you confirm or deny what Kate Saffris had said? Yeah, no, that that, that is true. Okay, that is true. I'm not I'm not a rap for the cold. Um, although in saying that, I do swim in the cold, but you have a chance to get warm very very quickly. In fact, Kate's husband sent me uh, over the weather report for Des Moines about two days ago, and it was looking like about minus thirty five or something, and fifteen or twenty centimeters of snow. Yep, and it snowed like crazy last night. And I said to uh, I said to him that I'll think of that and ponder over sitting on the beach in 90 degrees F. <laughs> That's right, because it's summertime in Australia right now. It is. It is. People can't believe that we um, we eat our Christmas dinner in board shorts and a singlet. Stuart, as we wrap up the conversation, can you put into words how proud you are of what Tori has accomplished and some of his, uh, not only the accolades, but just what he's done here stateside with the Count the Kicks program? Oh, that. It can't really narrow down to me. It, it's it's more a um, a family based comment. Um, he, Tori will probably attest to this that um, there's about six to eight people in in our family that he's very close to, and you know I think um, me and all the others are, are you know super proud of what he's done um, to go halfway around the world. And you know, first attempt at it—that's um, that speaks volumes in itself. And all the rest will look after itself, as far as I'm concerned. You know, the um, you know the All American and freshman All American in his first year, not playing in front of people. Um, the list goes on and on and on. And we couldn't be more proud of. But look, in saying that too, you you've got to have good support around you. And from what we can see and what we can gather is the Iowa players and the Iowa football team, if you like, um, have provided that. And that's that's a that's a massive you know box that um, has been ticked from from our perspective. Stuart, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day today to join us on the Jock to Jock podcast. Tori, I appreciate you taking all the time this year to be a featured guest on the football edition of the Jock to Jock podcast and. Gentlemen, couldn't hear a better compliment or, or better comment earlier in the show that say that some of us Iowans are just uh, Australians in, in American bodies. That, to me, made me smile, and I feel pretty good about that. I'm going to smile today. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, you you will probably notice that Australians do speak the truth. Sometimes it gets them gets them into trouble, um, and that's coming from the heart. That's that's very very true, and they're uh, they're good people. No question about that. The majority, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Tori, anything else you want to tell the audience on the final edition of our Jock to Jock podcast for twenty twenty two? No, just to the millions and millions of listeners. Thank you for tuning in uh, this year and. Yeah, really appreciate everyone's support. I know I've mentioned it um, a few times. I really enjoyed doing this. So, um, yeah, thank you to you too as well, Brian. Really appreciate the time, and um, I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as I have. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Jock to Jock podcast, presented by Rock 108 and sponsored by Imon Communications. Experience the Imon difference. Three, two, one, and we're on. Today we're talking about Imon. Yeah, you're on. I know I'm on. I need to talk about I'm on. Yeah, you're on. Why talk about it? No, that's in the script. I'm on. Well, we know you're on. No, Iowa's most reliable internet. I'm on. Yes, you are on. Stay always on. You're on! Stay always on with Iowa's most reliable internet and get same day or next day installation guaranteed. I'm on.net. Oh, I'm on.net. Why didn't you say so?